Welcome back to episode number 85 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, guys, so keep comments, questions, concerns, headaches, problems. I said problems twice. I don't care. It's that important. I want to hear from you guys. Email me, jeff at the npdude.com. You can always catch me on Facebook through the NP Dude. Always use the. If not, you get some guy from the other side of the world. It's not me doesn't look like me, right? Okay. Um, so send me that stuff. I really, really mean it. And I just got a great one from somebody. I really did. I'm going to skip all the intro stuff. You guys know how to support the show, right? Use the Amazon affiliate link. Please do. Help the show. It doesn't cost you anything, okay? There's my advertisement for the day. Got one just a moment ago. I'm driving, right? And um, so it's hard to read and do everything at one time. So my response back was a little bit, and I don't want to say turk, but it was, and it wasn't meaning to be. It's just I'm driving. So sometimes if you get a response back from me and it seems cold, it's because I'm, I'm unavailable. But I do want to respond. So that's why I do it that way. Um, question is hypothetical. You work for a practice. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm not going to say what the specific is for your safety. You know who you are when you hear this. I'm going to say enough information so you can, you can tell that it's you. But I'm not going to divulge enough that somebody's going to come and, and scream at you. But you work for a practice in which you work with a multidisciplinary team. A non-medical person that doesn't have the ability to prescribe medications, who has influence, changes your treatment plan. It's kind of a big deal. I, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I just wouldn't, right? Um, without your, your knowing it, okay? So when you, you see somebody as a follow-up, you know, a month later, and someone else in the treatment plan said, oh, no, so-and-so said I shouldn't take that medicine that way. It's, it, it's not good. We want to do it this way. So I'm not doing what you prescribed. <laughs> and they're non-medical, so they don't have a license to do that. Um, and the basic question here is, what's your liability if something goes south? with that. And and the the question is is one of the standard of care. So and and quality of documentation is really what it comes down to. Proving that you're meeting the standard of care is the is the big de big deal here. So if you are doing a treatment, let's say you're um, treating let's say endocrinology. Let's and I'm, this isn't at all what it is, but let's just use this as an example. So I have somebody that comes to me that has diabetes and I put them on Tegeo, all right, or whatever, it doesn't matter. I give them a, a daily number of units and their blood sugars are kind of controlled, but not all the way there. And we're titrating it and I'm going kind of slow because I want to get, I don't want to make them feel like crap and, you know, adherence to therapy and things like that. So I'm, I'm titrating them down on their, they're titrating up on their uh, insulin so that I could I could land them softly with the you know the airplane analogy is what I use. I'm bringing you down slowly like a plane that just ran out of gas. I'm not going to make you crash. And and they go to diabetic education, and the educator says, "Oh well, I would get your A1Cs down much faster. I would go up faster on your insulin, titrate it yourself." And they tell them how to titrate it, which may be the correct way to do it, but. I don't really want them to do it that fast. I, I'm seeing them in two weeks, and you know, I let them ride in the 150s on their, you know, on their blood sugars or 160s. I'm okay with that. Let's let's just bring it down a little slower. They've been riding in the threes and fours for the last 10 years. It's it's okay. We can we can make it another two or three weeks. And 
the person comes back for my follow-up, I have no notice that they've done this. They went on their own volition. And they come to me and say, you know what? I, didn't, I stopped taking my insulin because I felt like crap, and I'd rather feel like feel good and have high sugars. And, you know, I don't, my kidneys are fine, and my eyes are fine, and I don't have heart disease, so I don't care. I'm not taking that insulin anymore. And I try to talk them back into it, and they said, no, no, that diabetic educator said I should come down faster, and I did, and I felt like crap, so I went off my therapy. Whose liability is that? I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? But you have to document it. So now the question is, is did the diabetic educator call you up, and you know who you are, this isn't a diabetes educator, fill in your blank, right? Change the name and title of who this person is. Did they let you know that they were changing treatment? And if they did, and you said, okay, or I don't recommend that, or you were silent to it, then it becomes a difficult level of proof, is the question. Because the last person's name that's on that medicine is yours, not the other person. Prove that they said that in that other meeting. Now, you could have the, the patient sign an affidavit, or you could, you could document it in your chart that they said that, but it, that's, that's kind of hearsay. So we've talked about hearsay in a court of law in the past. That, that might be a difficult one to get into a court to prove um, that you met the standard of care and that you do not have the liability. That's hard to do. So what I would rather do is if I had notice, if somebody told me right off the bat that somebody changed my treatment plan, I would document that, that you are not to do that, um, that they were told not to do that, and then I would call the patient and, and supersede and intervene to stop that and say, look, don't do what they said. I want to do it this way. We had a plan. That's not the appropriate way we're treating you. And we're going to uh, stick with the therapy that we discussed previously. Please don't you know, disregard that. It's unfortunate they shouldn't have given you that information. If you have a question, you know, let's get you on my schedule and we'll, we'll talk about it in person. That's the level of how I would intervene with that. I really would. I would. I would intervene and and see the patient again and redirect it and steer the ship back on course. At least try in the record to show that you did that. Now, whether they said no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going back on that medicine. But at least you could say, look, I I disagree with that treatment plan. I think that we need to go back to what we were doing. You weren't feeling bad when we were having this treatment this way. Let's stick with my plan. You can at least document that you did that. And then, and then um, as far as your treatment political question is this, how do you get on the right page with everybody in your, in your, in your um, office environment so that everybody's working together? And it sounds like the director is complacent and, and is passive-passive, not even passive-aggressive. It sounds like when you go to your director and say, look, here's my treatment plan, and it makes sense. What am I doing wrong here, or why should we do what the other person's saying? And they seem to back you. They're being, they're being complacent because either they're too busy and they don't have the time to deal with you, and they're just saying, yeah, 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 and it's platitudes is really what it sounds like. Or they don't have a spine, and they're just saying the same, same thing to both parties. So in this instance, in my hypothetical, it would be the director of, of your practice, and you have a diabetes educator that works with you as well, and they're saying, oh, well, you know, Jeff is right about the, the insulin. We really should do what he's saying. And then, you know, you leave the room, and the diabetic educator goes in and he says, well, you're right. We should really try to get that A1C down lower faster. And so who's right? Well, it's certainly not the director. 
So do, what do you do from this point forward? What I would do if it was me, and I've done this in the past where I've in, in, in the engineering world where I, I butted heads with somebody for months. It was painful. Every day I wanted to strangle this person. I did. I mean, just, it was so infuriating because no matter what I would do or say, they would do the opposite. And it was completely counterproductive for how I was getting my job done. They'd send me on wild goose chases just to, be, you know, because they were one of my one of my managers, and it just was difficult to to work with them. And I had to work with them all the time. That was the problem. So one of the days I was there, it was kind of a weird day. The managers were all gone. There was no one around. And I said, "Dude, let's go get some lunch." And it just was a moment of weakness. We were just kind of getting along at that moment. And I said, "Let's go get lunch. You want to go get lunch?" And, he, and the, this person said, "Yes. So let's go. Let's go get lunch." And we talked about it. And at lunch, over a, a non-threatening environment, we said, how do we make this work? Because it's apparent we don't like the way the system is working for us. And, and my plan is to help you do your job as much as possible. That's my job. My, my goal in life is to make your job easier. And, and you're not making it that way, and I'm not making it that way. So how do we make it work? Let's work together to make this work. And, and I would supersede and you know, just go completely around the director and work with this other individual to say, look, this is why I'm frustrated about this. Do you see my side of it? And if you don't, I, I'm not explaining it well. It is a lack of communication. That was in, the, that was in their, their message to me. It was a question about communication. I agree. It, it, I, both of you guys have the best interest of the patient in mind. You really do. The problem is, is that you're just not able to get on the same page. And sometimes it takes getting out of the office, going for a beer, going out for a cup of coffee, going after work, saying, "Hey, what are you doing? Let's just go sit down and talk because we got to figure this out. We have to work together. We got to make this work. Why are we? Why are we doing it at odds? I'll work with you. I'll do whatever we need to do to make this work. But you know, if, I, I'm I'm not going to have you change my treatment plan. And if you want to change the treatment plan, give me a compelling reason. I'll be willing to help you with it." You need to talk to me, but we need to include the patient on that too. And if we aren't on the same front, they're not going to trust either one of us, and we're not going to help this pair, this person. So that's that. That was a great, great scenario. Unfortunately, you're going through that. I really am sorry you're doing that. It's horrible. Can you imagine going to work and just being completely frustrated every day? It's horrible. If you guys have never had to have that experience, you have to go through it once in your life to understand it. And I've been there. I've been there on multiple times. And and usually the best way to do it is just to remove yourself from that circumstance with that person and just hash it out. Figure this shit out. Make it work. You need to see their side of it too, though. you got to be willing to listen. That's on both sides. And, and I've come to the, to the realization that a lot of times it's more, more us because we're not willing to be flexible. And sometimes you have to be. Even if, even if it's maybe not the best treatment plan for that individual... To make that work, maybe sometimes you got to say, you know what, okay, I see your point, and, and give on one thing. But now if you, you got to be aware that, you know, if you if you cave and this is just a person that just is um, just a bully, you know, they, then, then they're going to see you as, you know, inferior and, and they'll bully you forever. Now, I'm not saying that you should roll over and play passive all the time, but I think that, you know, if the intention is to, to treat the patient and do the best job for them... And this might not be the best plan, but it's a good plan. Um, maybe maybe it's worth a try, you know. Especially if this person has a lot of experience with what they do. So, be willing to listen. Be willing to listen. You have to. You got to do it. It's hard. Interpersonal relationships are probably the hardest thing in practice. And a lot of nurse practitioners, 
that are new, especially like myself. With with if I didn't have my business experience, this would be very difficult because not only are you trying to learn your role as a nurse practitioner, but you're trying to learn a new role as a manager, as um, as a provider, as you know, a, a, someone giving guidance with with authority that that um, you know can go to your head sometimes. You know, and it's it's difficult. You know, if you this is the way I need you to do it because I'm the provider. Well, yeah, sometimes you need to back that down a little bit. I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying in general. So don't take that. Take offense to that. So, anyways, keep listening. You're one of my uh, semi-chronic uh, intractables. <laughs> you give me comments every now and they're always fun though. So I appreciate you listening. Uh, keep listening. Though. Listen to all my shows. You'll get you'll get good advice there. I promise. I'm not being arrogant. I just think that people have good questions and it makes me think about them and uh, reach back in my memory banks about things that I've seen in the past and how I've dealt with those situations. But great comment, great question. Really scary though. I hate I hate, I hate you going through that. I really do. I wish you the best. All right. So uh, if you have guys, if, if you guys have personal interpersonal issues with uh, office staff or things like that, that seems to be a lot of questions I'm getting now. Just, just Jeff, I got this issue and I don't know how to deal with it. Or what's your advice on this one? Or have you ever heard of how this happens? Or that kind of stuff. But it's all personal, personal relationships, relationship stuff. And I'm okay at it. I'm not the best. I'm not going to lie to you. I get frustrated with people too. You know that. I try, oh man, I just hit a dead animal. Damn it. It's disgusting. Ugh, make my car stink. Oh well. Um, but you know, I still struggle with it too. But at least I recognize when I'm when I'm going down that path. I'm just, oh man, this is a slippery slope. You got to tone it down. You got to back it down. Suck it up a little bit. Sometimes you got to play passive and apologize for things that aren't your fault, just to make things you know smooth over in the office. It's not you. It's me. Remember, that's how I do it. Okay. Another one for today. This is my my beef of the day. This is my beef, right? Hypothetical. You have a um, patient comes into your office, new patient, doesn't matter, or somebody that you're seeing for the first time that's not there that often, and uh, they got kind of a big deal issue, whatever it is, abdominal pain. Let's use abdominal pain. That's a good one, right? It's bland, and you don't know what it is. So you ultrasound somebody, and you say, man, I've got this abdominal pain. You do some laps. You get those back pretty quick, and their liver enzymes are up, kidney enzymes are down, whatever, right? Or kidney function's down. And uh, so you've got this person that's, you know, okay, you got something going on. I'm still digging. We're going to ultrasound because I'm an ultrasounder. I do ultrasounds first. I'm not, I don't go right to CT scans. I hate irradiating people unless I need to do it. And typically, my philosophy on irradiating people is this, and, and ordering MRIs as well. If I am not going to do anything with that image, if it's only a, oh, well, that's good to know, I ain't doing it. I'll send them to a specialist, and then they can do it if they think they need it to treat. Reason being, MRIs are really friggin' expensive. And in my patient population, if it's not generally warranted, I don't want to stick somebody with a bill that might be three grand or four grand, and they they can't even pay a dollar fifty for a copay balance at our office. I'm not going to do that to somebody. I wouldn't do it to somebody that could pay for it. It's just not good practice. It's stupid. Why waste the resources? A CT scan is so much radiation. It's you know it's between six and seven hundred uh, X-rays worth of radiation. And people go on a CT scan all the time. They don't realize how much radiation that we're causing them. So I'm not going to irradiate somebody, especially somebody with abdominal pain that I don't know what it is. And is it a cancer? 
and I'm irradiating them and possibly making it, you know, go to, you know, I could be the reason that's making it metastasize. I'm not doing that. Not going to do it. I'll ultrasound first, find out kind of what the problem is, and we'll get you to a specialist and they figure it out. That leads to my problem. When you refer to a specialist and you, you have a sense of urgency, you know, I got this problem, this patient's in pain, they're uncomfortable, I really want to figure out what's going on with this person, I know they're, they're, uh, something's going on, and something's not right with them, and I know they need to go to GI, doesn't matter what it is, but I'm, it's a belly pain, so I'm sending them to GI, and I send them there, I get my ultrasound, I get the results back, and I get something funky on the, you know, maybe it's um, um, some sludge in their, in their, um, or gallstones or something, cholelithiasis or, or something like that, but it's not, but it's not um, actual cholecystitis uh, or anything like that. It's not, it's, their, uh, it's not an actual infection, right? Let's just go with that, okay? But it's something that's, you know, they've probably had this for years. It's not a big deal, but I want to get them to somewhere where they can get checked out and make sure that it's not going to turn into something bigger deal, right? And it takes two months to get them in. The question I have this is a question I want to ask, and, and I, I think I know the answer, but I don't know if there's anything published on this. Because what's the standard of care? It's really difficult. How much liability do I have if I immediately sense there's a problem, and I immediately put the referral in, but I cannot get them in for six weeks, eight weeks, to a specialist? I educate and teach the patient that if you have increased abdominal pain, fever, chills, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, anything that's out of the ordinary for you, you go to the ER because it might be, you know, a perf in somewhere inside your 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 bowel and maybe you end up with peritonitis. So I, I teach them that and I document that I do that. Does that absolve me of my liability? I think it does. I think I'm good there. But it makes me makes my, my butthole pucker a little bit. I'm not gonna lie every time because you just don't know what the outcome's gonna be. You don't know what you know. I have somebody that has left sided weakness, but they're not having active signs of a stroke. They had it two weeks ago. I get the you know in this case I would get a CT scan. I would do it you know because I want to make sure they didn't have a bleed and and you know and and maybe even get an MRI on this person. I would I would do that one. That's probably the only case I would do. But I do the Doppler and the whole TTE workup and everything else to see if what's causing their stroke. But I, and I'd have the neurology consult in, but it's going to take two months to get them in. And in the meantime, I educate them about strokes and say, you know, if you have left-sided weakness, right-sided weakness, slurred speech, difficult speaking or talking, confusion. I tell people to keep a Sharpie marker on the kitchen counter, and if you see those signs or symptoms, you write the time on your arm. and <laughs> You call 911. <laughs> That's what I tell them. Um, and as soon as you tell them that that's, that's what you do, they oh, holy crap, it's that important? Yeah, it's that important. But it always makes me nervous while, while my outpatients are waiting for their referrals to get kicked in. And you know they're going to see them once, and then they're going to put them off all up in two weeks or four weeks. So you know it's going to be two to three months before they do anything for them. So that, that always makes me just a little bit nervous. Now, I want to hear from you guys on that one. PM me. PM me at the NP Dude. You can PM me personally, Jeff Powers. You can email me, Jeff, at the NPDude.com. I want to hear your thoughts and opinions. Now, I, I honestly think that if I express urgency to the patient and that I'm doing my very best to get them in and that it's time critical that we get them checked out by a specialist, I can't control that. Now, 
if it's going to take four months to get in, I'm going to find another specialist that's going to try to get them in a, a week, two weeks, three weeks. But sometimes they're all two months out. You just can't do anything about it. But you know, at what level is your standard of care met that you've tried to get them to a specialist? The, the question of liability for me is, would that person's symptoms or damage or whatever may happen down the line, would it have occurred but for my action or inaction? And if I sent them to a neurologist and the neurologist sees them, what, what it feels like I'm trying to do is they're the last one to put hands and eyes on that patient as a specialist. The liability shifts to them. And, and I don't necessarily think that works that way in reality because the liability still stays with you regardless. Okay. Um, but that's the way it feels. It's like, man, I just want to, I want to, it's not like I'm turfing them to somebody else, but I really want someone with specialty experience to, to make a call on this person to make sure are they safe. It's, it's scary, right? So I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear your experiences. I want to hear what you guys think about that liability while you're waiting for those specialists to get in, uh, get in gear and get them in, into their practice and under their care. But, you know, or other issues like that. I want to hear about it. So email me, jeff at the npdude.com. I appreciate you guys listening. I'm having so much fun with you guys. I'm learning so much from all of you. And uh, it's just a great environment um, to be working with all you guys. I really appreciate all you guys are doing for me. Don't forget to share and like the show as much as possible. And always, don't forget, you guys can always use my Amazon affiliate links. Just click on the, the Amazon icon uh, or the link to the, sh to the um, individual items of the day that I post. And uh, it'll take you to Amazon. It doesn't charge you anything extra. You can always pick whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You can pick services too. So if you want to do your Amazon um, Prime, if you're a student, you want to do Amazon Prime, click through my link. You can always sign up for Amazon Student through there. Um, just type whatever you want. Search for whatever it is you normally are buying. Buy away. Keep spending your money. It gives me just a little slice of the pie. It helps pay for my web hosting. I'm not asking for you guys to send me money. I am curious about the shirts, though. I've been thinking about that. It's in the back of my brain now. I'm coming up with ideas of chronic intractable T-shirts. I want to see what you guys come up with, what thoughts you have. If there's anybody that's got a graphic arts background that's listening to the show, PM me. I, I'll, I might even pay you. <laughs> if you want to volunteer your time to do a, a sweet-looking T-shirt for me, that'd be awesome, too. But... Um, you know, I might throw some money your way, or, or you get a free T-shirt out of the deal, too, or a couple, whatever. But uh, PM me or email me. You guys know how to get me. Thanks, and we'll talk soon.